Hello. Welcome to Tales of a Latin Mommy, the ultimate guide to rebuilding a financial foundation. The podcast that inspires you to change your relationship with money and motivates you to rebuild your financial foundation. I'm your host, Melanie Arce. Hola, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Tales of a Latin Mommy, a mommy's guide to rebuilding a financial foundation. Today's episode features Renee Schultz. She's a therapist and consultant in mental health. Now, I, I know that I don't usually have monologues before an interview episode with a guest because usually I like the episode to speak for itself and I make the guests the sole star of the show. And then that's, that's how I like to do podcasting when I'm, when I'm speaking with a guest. But I felt like when I went back in post-production, I, I really wanted to share my testimony about the unique experience that I had. You're going to hear in these next two episodes. So let me go back just a little bit. Okay. I got into podcasting to fulfill a need to provide advice, resources, and accountability. And although I'm still new and building my platform, my guests, like I said, they always have a message for me to take as well. I think the best way to describe that is divine intervention at its finest. Really. I mean, there's no other way to put it because the people I have encountered have all taught me something. And Renee is really no exception. All right. The thing about Renee, when I met Renee, we set up, we set up a Zoom to discuss the recording of the podcast itself. You know, and in hindsight, I wish I had recorded that pre-show call because I made a connection with her that would really change my life. When we first met, I was looking for mental health consultants because I what I understand about setting mindsets and especially about making big life changes according to money mindset I mean it's all psychological and it's all behavioral and I wanted to understand more about that so I said and I explained to her how she could help me she explained to her life was about and what her business about and into her process very succinctly to me her concept of policies and she explained what she was all about it was probably the most amazing experience of my life no joke honestly renee didn't sit down to convince me or sell me anything um now i'm a pretty spiritual person if you've been following along with the podcast so far had I heard the message before? Yes, probably. But this time and this way, it sunk in and it stayed. And she did it in a non-judgmental way, a non-condescending, very open-minded and so warm and approachable way. Again, I wish I could go back to share that pre-show call with you all because it changed my life. So you might hear the word adulting in the interview today, but 
honestly, that's my word for it. Renee doesn't put it like that. Like I told you, she is so approachable and non-judgmental. The best word for what Renee taught me is really proper self-love. That That's it in a nutshell. And for someone who is professed to be woke or spiritually inclined, it was amazing to me. Like I said, I'd probably heard it all before, but this time it sunk in and it really changed my life. I'll be sure to share more of her contact info at the end of each episode, but I just thought I would give my testimony of her message that just resonated so strongly while I was just innocently trying to serve my community. All right. So I hope you enjoy. Well, everybody, welcome back. Uh, This is part two of uh, another episode with my good friend here, Renee Schultz. Renee has over 20 years of leadership experience in the mental health field at the national, state, and provider levels. Her work in the public and private sectors has given her a unique understanding of the complexities in this area. Uh, Renee is nationally recognized for her expertise in behavioral health policy, system design policy, and financial analysis, uh, and strategic consulting. As a licensed mental health therapist, Renee has worked in many levels of care, including psychiatric, hospital, child welfare, and therapeutic foster care. Uh, I invited her on the show because I, I really needed to understand more about psychology behind behavior and why we do certain things that we do. And luckily, we met through, you know, certain podcasters sort of deals. And I'm just glad to say she's a friend now. But um, everybody, I hope you welcome Renee Schultz. <laughs> Thank you. I'm excited to be back. Good to be here. Renee, you know, I'm going to be hitting you up forever now for advice, right? I can't wait. It's going to be fun. (laughs) Renee, so I wanted this episode to be about you because when I got the chance to know you in our pre-show call, I just, I did fall in love with you, girl. And I was just like, (laughs) I needed to know more about Renee, you know, And, and, and just how you came to become, you know, the coach and how you did your, your therapist stuff, all of that. So fill us in, please. Great. All right. So she wants me to tell some stories. So here we go. This is good. My dad was a psychologist when I was growing up. So he worked in school psychology growing up. And I really wanted to go to school to be a psychiatrist, except that I figured out that you had to go to medical school and I don't do needles, like actually like will pass out if you stick me with one. So I was like, you know, that's not going to work out. So I ended up on the path of being a therapist instead. And so I can do things, but I don't diagnose as far as medications are concerned. And I don't work with that kind of stuff, but I do the therapy work. So I did therapy for a long time. And what ended up happening was, it's been over a decade ago now, but I was approached by a lady this is a fun story, but I was at church and they were talking about respecting people in government. And I went back, back in the day when we could get a CD 
And I went and got a CD of the of the sermon, and this lady is in the back and tells me I should, you know, talk to her about running for political office. And at the time, I was a, a foster parent, and I had kids at home full time, and um, was thinking about, you know, something like maybe school board getting involved, something like that, because the schools really weren't working for my kids. I had kids that were seventh and eighth grade. Uh, one could not read, had been passed, you know, school to school to school, and none of that had really worked. And so I was thinking, you know, maybe I should do something about that. that. That's what always gets me in trouble is maybe I should do something about that. And so this story is kind of funny, but this lady says, well, you should come to lunch with us on a Friday or something. And so I came to this lunch having no idea. And the lunch was at this country club. And I went and this was at this time, this couple had what they called the power hour. And they had all these elected officials around the table sitting at this lunch. Mm -hmm. And they walked me in the room and said, she's going to be our next state senator. (laughs) I had to excuse myself and go to the bathroom because I was going to throw up because I was sitting there thinking, what in the world just happened? And I'd never had the thought before. I grew up in Illinois in a state and most of our governors had gone to jail. And this was never on my parents' priority list for me to run for political office. So I didn't even take any politics classes in school. I hated it. I didn't do it. And so they're like, she's going to run for office. And I was like, what? (laughs) And so this senator said, if you were going to run, what would you do? And I said, well, I'd fix the mental health system. And he looked at me, he says, nobody runs to do that. And I'm like, well, then I'm not going to do it because I don't want to do it. And I don't need to do it. Well, I went ahead, I made that senator come to my house and tell my husband why this was such a great idea, which that was hilarious. My husband's like, they want you to do what? And I'm like, "Uh uh-huh. So anyway, long story short, we get elected eventually. And that's what I did when I was in the state house is redesign the mental health system. And so we we had a, a, a county by county system in our state and we redesigned it for inter regions and created services in our state for wherever somebody lived, they should expect certain services and all of that. Well, as fast as I was elected, our state has what they call a nonpartisan situation where they draw maps for re-election. And they drew the maps and I basically got kicked back out because my district became very unfavorable to my party. So I lost another election, but the state hired me to write all the rules for the law that I just passed for redesigning the system. So I passed the law in the state house and then went and wrote all the rules for the law that I had just passed, which I don't know anybody else in the country that's ever had that opportunity. So it turned out to be a really, it was horrible to lose, but it was a, a cool opportunity to write the rules. So that sort of started my journey in policy. And so, like I said, I took no government classes, no politics classes. I didn't even talk about politics or government at home and yet got recruited. And so... Mm-hmm. That's kind of threw me into it. But then once I got there, I realized that by changing people's policies and changing the way we do things, we can help a lot more people. I was helping in therapy one family at a time, which is awesome. I, I enjoyed it. But if I can change policies that are at the state level, I can help all the families in our state at once. And so then I was like, oh, that's way more effective. So I'm like, let's see if we can fix things to make it better for everybody. And so that's really what got me started on the crazy journey of policy was just this saying yes and being mad about things when they're like, that's not right. That's not right. That's not how it goes. And I'm like, maybe I should change that. 
And then uh-huh. here we go. So I, I'm just curious, what kind of policies did you write? You said mental health. But- yeah, we did a lot of stuff in mental health. So there were some really silly things in our state, some real easy ones that got passed when I was a freshman legislator. We They didn't accept electronic documents. So I was a therapist in one town typing everything into a computer, but they would have to print everything off ship it to the Capitol building, and then somebody over at the Capitol building would have to re-enter all the information back into a computer. Oh. That is just dumb. And so I had, I mean, I had to actually pass a law, which is stupid, but to make them accept the electronic transfer of the information so we didn't have to keep shipping boxes of paper back and forth. That was one of a thousand things. Oh, yay! Yeah. <laughs> it was like, it seems silly, but when I, when I got that, so a few things i learned in that process is we often think that people that are elected, you know, just automatically know things about stuff and they all pass laws as if they do, but they don't. And so if you haven't told them, so I walked into the building brand new, didn't know diddly squat as the expert for helping children and mental health. Cause I was the only one in the building and that was crazy. And so it's really helped me really think about making sure we have people who understand mental health, behavioral health, healthcare get elected because there's a lot of policies that need to be made, but you have to have people that have that mindset and that background that have worked in that field, or we're really missing uh, an important voice when we make those kind of laws. And so that has really started to shift in me going, okay, we have to help other people get elected who know what they're talking about so that we can do better policy. Right, right. So you got into things just just to help people, just a regular person. I sort of got tricked. It was, it was a really, really bad year to to run. (laughs) And um, I couldn't win anyway, the first time I ran and they knew that, but I didn't know any better. So I was the perfect guinea pig because I was like, okay. And so I go and did it. And then I lost, of course, the first time out. And um, then they came back and were like, you need to do this again. And I was like, are you kidding? I just lost. Why would I do that? And they're like, cause you did a really good job. And I was like, I lost. And they're like, no, you know, 40% is really good when you to the first time out. So like, you should do it again. And then I won the second time by a whole whopping 13 votes. Wow. That's amazing. I know. So your vote, your vote matters when everybody thinks your vote doesn't matter. It matters. I it was one of 13 and then I got reelected a second time. And then the, then the next thing kicked me out. And so but I'm not sad about that because it set me on a whole trajectory of difference. And so that's really what pivoted me into policy and then consulting sort of birthed out of that. And so I've been working on the consulting side ever since. Oh, that's so awesome. And so about the consulting sort of thing, what do you, I mean, mm-hmm. what do you give us a, a picture of what your clients look like? Because uh, I think the thing <laughs> is that when, <laughs> when some of us need consulting or, you know, need an, a, a consultant, what, what do your clients look like? Cause I yeah. know me, I'm, I'm thinking there's no way she has someone that she's consulting because, you know, she's just completely anxious and can't find her way around money. Right. Like, tell us a little bit more about that, you know? So I do a lot of different things. And so I've had everything from grants that are like federal or state monies to working with groups like provider groups where maybe, so right now I have one client that is the National Association of the Mental of Mental Illness. That's an association in our state. And I represent some of them at the state house. And so they have me come and like do lobbying type work for them to make sure that what they need passed gets passed. I do some of that 
Then I do some other stuff that's really like working with an individual group that got in trouble. So sometimes there's a hospital or somebody who made some real bad choices that didn't follow the law that got in trouble. And so helping them get back on the right path. And then with these courses, what I'm doing is working on figuring out ways to do groups, but more individual um, with individual people that are anxious and trying to help them make better policies and really trying to get back to my roots of helping individual people. And so doing that in smaller batches and groups has been what I really want to do. So I still do some one-on-one counseling on the side because it really helps me stay grounded and helps me. I was out of that for a very long time, but the last, during the pandemic, I was watching everybody around me sort of fall apart and I thought I should help. (laughs) So I started counseling again and just getting back in the trenches doing some of that um, because I just, wanted to be able to first of all help but second of all really stay grounded with what those current issues are and not be from my ivy tower pretending like I know right because you need to be there when people are struggling to know what's happening so I went back and did that some too so I do everything from individual all the way up through state contracts depending upon what type of work and what I love about that is it's never boring because it's you know you can have groups of people or just one-on-one or a little bit of everything in between, which is fun. Right. And now you could do it from home, right? Yes, I can do it from home. <laughs> and the pandemic really has made that better. So a lot of people think of the pandemic as a crisis, but it was a huge opportunity for some people to grow their fan base and to get more known in more places. And, you know, you, you have your podcast and it doesn't matter where somebody's from, they can tune in and listen to you from anywhere, which is super cool. So you can talk to Renee and hire Renee from the privacy of your own home. How great is that? You sure could. That's funny, but true. That's true. So what I do also to try to help people is I have a, I have a Facebook group that is for self-care for people that are kind of in this Mm -hmm. space that want to talk about policy and they want to talk about taking care of themselves. So I have a Facebook group that I give to and try to help in. I also have my webpage, my name, if you look my name up, you can put that in the show notes, but it, it's just myname.com. But if you look that up, then you can actually attach yourself to our newsletter. We have a mental health minute newsletter that goes out that gives you more information about the Facebook page and other things, but really some choices there of how you might want to connect. And then the courses that I'm teaching are newer. I'm just starting to build them. And One of the pieces that you asked, and I'll answer this question now, is how did you decide to do courses? One of the tricks to that is if you hear yourself saying the same things over and over one-on-one to people in coffee, maybe you should teach it. So when I get the same conversation, which is fun, you've said the same things words for word that other people have said to me about, I want to know how you live your life and how you did this. Or how do you do policy like this? Or how, you know, I started getting that same conversation. And for a long time, I would just meet one-on-one with somebody and talk about that. But then after a while, I started clicking that I keep saying the same things. And I'm like, why do people keep asking me that? And so I'm like, first of all, why are they asking? And second of all, how many times have I said this? And so then I was like, maybe I should teach it because people are interested in that, right? And so it just becomes like, if you've got a favorite cookie recipe, and seven neighbors have asked you for the same recipe and asked you how to do it seven times, maybe you should teach a course on it because there's gonna be probably more than just your seven friends that really want to know this. So if you make awesome tamales, maybe you should teach that. You know, And so it's just a, you know, a concept that you have to think about because a lot of times we just, we're really good at stuff, right. but we don't 
think about it from that perspective because we just give and help, right? And then after a while, you're like, hey, I've helped somebody balance their checkbook 17 times. Maybe I should teach balancing checkbooks, right? And so it's just a matter of what is it that you're always doing for somebody? And then maybe you can teach it is sort of how you shift. Right. And I mean, for someone like myself, who's a single mother, this additional revenue, you know, income could be great for you. I mean, um, this is just, you know, gold. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and if you have things with, because you are a single mom, that single moms know and do not like everybody else, which I'm sure there are, but you hear yourself, you know, encouraging others in that same space over and over. You hear yourself telling people the same thing that starts becoming a clue that, Hey, maybe I could teach this to broader than just my friends and family. And it, it's passive income for the most part. I mean, it depends if you do them where you do live coaching, you know, that does require your time and attention, but then after you've done it live, you can switch it to evergreen where that means it's on there for people just to purchase any time. And that you don't work on. Once you build it, once it's there, it can continue to sell and make you ongoing revenue, oh. which is a really great. Concept. Yeah, it is. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. And like I told you all, Renee, she's so easy to talk to. I, I was just blown away at how we just, her message resonated with me and how personable she, she is. I, I, I can't, honestly recommend her enough. So if you ever need a consultant, you know, hit her up. <laughs> well, thank you. I, I work with, I work with others. I'm a, I'm a solopreneur. So I work by myself as a consultant, but I have team members that are also consultants that can grow as big or as small as we need to get the job done. And that's a lot of fun because then I can kind of pick the perfect person for whatever a client needs to join me to, to make stuff happen. And so it's, it's been a lot of fun and I never know what's going to come next. So that's, what's the coolest part for me. I mean, you, you have to, you know, we talked about this, you know, having some savings in the bank and as a consultant, you kind of have to, because you may have a lot of work and not a lot of work. So you don't, you have to be able to not stress about that. You have to be able to kind of go steady through it. And that does require some savings so that you know that you have high months and low months but it's totally possible. And it's really, really easy to do the work now from anywhere. You can be on a computer everywhere and do the work. And so that's been a, a nice addition. So that's the area that I want to grow more in so that I don't have to be in a certain place physically. I want to be able to be anywhere. So that's going to be the next phase of my growth in my life is learning how to do better at teaching and doing courses because it's exciting and fun and I get to meet cool people like you oh thank you uh, awesome it has You're been so such welcome. a pleasure talking to you Renee and like I said you know I'm going to be hitting you up because I've, I've never learned more from any other person I think that I've ever had on the show thanks so much for being on my show today I am honored to be here. It's been a pleasure to know you and I cannot wait to see what your podcast does here in the future. It's going to be so exciting. <laughs> Thank you. Hey, thanks again for listening. This was part one of Chart Your Course with Renee Schult on Tales of a Latin Mommy. If you'd like to know more about Renee, you can find her on the internet at reneeschult.org. You can also find her Facebook group, called self-care for professionals you can also find her on twitter at the handle at renee schult and for more information on tales of latin mommy 
You can find me, Melanie RC, on Facebook, Instagram, and now Twitter at the handle Mommy Tales of A, as well as my website, TalesOfALatinMommy.com or AventurasTalesOfALatinMommy.com. Thanks again for listening. Stay tuned for next week to listen to part two of Chart Your Course with myself and Renee Schultz. Thanks again for listening, everybody. Bye-bye.